Today is the 28th of January, 2021. So us practitioners of Dhamma, whether we are fully ordained monks, novices, or laity, that we are able, all of us, to develop our minds, to make them higher, to make them better. Because Maga Pala, um, the path and the fruits, they're not just, they're not exclusively for monastics, for monks or for novices, but they arise through the practice, through anyone's practice, whether monks, novices, whether lay people, males, females, children or adults, we're all able to develop our hearts, to reach knowledge, to obtain right view. So we can see in the time of the Buddha that even young children were able to see into the Dhamma. There was a seven-year-old girl who had trained herself in meditation and contemplated into the nature of inconstancy. And she was able to see this unstable condition of life. And she carried on with this practice until her heart met with peace. And when the time was ripe for her to see the Dhamma, then the Buddha came and through compassion taught her and asked her some questions about the Dhamma. And he asked her, firstly, where did you come from? And she responded that she didn't know. And this was answering in terms of Dhamma. That before she was born as a human, she didn't know what state she was in. She didn't know where she came from before this life. And then he further inquired, where are you going? She said she didn't know either. That after death, she didn't know where she would head to. But she did know for sure that she will have to die. But as to what time, as to when, as to how, she didn't know that. So the Buddha said that the world is dark, meaning that both our bodies and our minds are dark, and that those people who see clearly are very few. So this girl, she had peace of mind, and that was able to take her to seeing the inconstant nature of this body. And the state of the Dhamma arose within her heart. She saw that there's no self to it. So we see that this well-taught Dhamma of the Buddha, it gives results independence of time. And whenever our parami is full, we will see then. We will, or it depends upon the parami, our spiritual maturity that we have developed. So therefore, for us practitioners, those who have this desire to develop our minds, to understand the Dhamma, and we have faith that leads us onwards. And some people, they don't have any belief, any faith. And so they can't train themselves. They can't develop samadhi. They don't have any interest in sati and mindfulness. They don't put any effort in. And when they don't do any of these things, then wisdom simply can't arise for them. So we see that sata, this faith, is something that bears great importance. But really, everyone all over the world does have faith in something. And there are many different things people have faith in. But it's just 
very, very few people have this faith in developing their hearts. And those Buddhists who are true Buddhists, um, they do have this faith. But there are also Buddhists who aren't so true, who aren't quite real Buddhists yet. And they have faith in developing uh, goodness, and they make merits just on the significant days in the Buddhist calendar. So we can ask, do they have faith? Well, they do. They do have a degree of faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha, but they also hold an attitude that they can't do it themselves. And when they don't believe that they're able to do it, then they just don't do it. They see that the practice is just for the monks to do. But for lay people, it's not necessary to meditate. It shows that their views are crooked. They don't see the danger, the drawbacks in the cycle of samsara. And the reason that they don't see is because the fascination and the amusements that they have in the world is blocking them. They have this craving towards um, all of the sense experience that's uh, available in this world. And so because of that, they don't seek out any form of practice. But when a barami reaches the time when it's ripe, then we will gain the wisdom to see the danger um, in the cycle of samsara. And through that, we'll gain efforts to, to walk this path that leads us out of suffering. So Venerable Yasa, at the time of the Buddha, uh, before he ordained, he was um, a child who was born into a very wealthy family. And in one of his past lives, he had developed the Asupa Gamatana, this meditation object of looking at the attractive, unattractive nature of the body. Um, that in that life, uh, he was responsible for cremating bodies of people who didn't have any family members to, um, to go through the funeral rites uh, for them. So this still happens um, nowadays, that there is a tradition of people going and uh, what they literally call to clean out the cremation grounds, to um, kind of go through proper rites uh, for people who, were, uh, who didn't have family members to bury them. So as he was burning these bodies, he would contemplate into the nature of the body and that he would take a stick that was on fire and uh, bring it up to the stomach and see the oil and the fat that would spill out. And this developed into a nimitta, into a visual image which stuck within his mind. And in that life, he was able to get into first jhana. That shows that he had trained himself a lot, that he already had this foundation of inner peace. And this stayed with him till his last life, that when he was uh, a wealthy son in this family, um, he was able to see the people attending on him as being corpses in a charnel ground, and his heart grew weary. So the benefits of generosity and of sila, um, that he had developed those a lot and experienced those benefits, and 
he also saw clearly the benefits of his meditation that he had uh, developed before. So he became weary and uh, <clears throat> felt that this world was just chaotic. And he went <clears throat> outside of his house <clears throat> and wandered through the dark, and eventually he came across the Buddha who told him that here it is not chaotic. <clears throat> and the Buddha taught him about generosity <clears throat> and how when we develop this, then this becomes a form of happiness in our minds. And so all of the noble disciples of the Buddha um, they developed this generosity until it was a normal, natural, natural ca characteristic for them. And so for us Buddhists, we do this as well. We develop generosity until it's something very natural for us. And when we do this, then we'll gain the energy um, of that. And as we gain more energy, more faith in that, then our hearts will have more and more sacrifice. We'll develop more wisdom and uh, we'll gain knowledge into the nature of this world, seeing that all of the wealth that we gain, we have to leave it all behind. Uh, but if we can use that in a good way, we can leave benefit behind in the world. And when we are generous, then the benefits of that also stay within our own minds. So this is the goodness that generosity gives us. And uh, following on through that, there is the sila that we develop, whether it's the five precepts, the eight precepts, the 227 precepts, and that which helps us to keep or to restrain our actions of body and speech um, within these wholesome boundaries. So when we develop dana and sila until they are complete, then the heart uh, fills up with joy. And this is what we call heaven. But the nature of all sankharas, even if it's heaven, is to deteriorate. That these, that it is unstable and it is a source of stress as well. So like us now, even though we may have gained many things, we may meet with praise, we may have a lot of status, we may have a lot of pleasure, but the nature of all conditioned phenomena is to deteriorate, is to change. And when they do change, then we'll meet with suffering. And a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry can come up. And why is that? It's because we have friends. We have a father and mother. We have brothers and sisters. And when we have all of these things, or when we have a self, then we also have all of these things which belong to that self. So only cultivating merit, um, that will only allow us to abandon greed. That we don't wish for the wealth of others to be our wealth. But it's still possible for aversion and delusion to arise. And for suffering to come up because of these. Because the causes for that suffering is still present within our minds. And so... As we listen to teachings of the Dhamma, then our minds become peaceful and they become collected and we'll be able to see into that Dhamma. Uh, but what this depends upon is the peace in our hearts. 
in order for wisdom to arise, we need to have this foundation of peace. But we have this samadhi, and we also need to see the danger um, in attachment. And this is what pushes us forward into training in samadhi. Uh, so for us, whether we are monks, novices, or lay people, and we have this firm intention in the practice. And we also have confidence that we are able to train ourselves. Have confidence that if we have an interest in this practice now, we must have trained ourselves before. In order for us to have faith, the um, required faith through practice, then we must have developed this before. And this is even more so for the monks who have the faith to come and ordain, that we must have developed generosity and virtue before, and also have had this firm intention to train ourselves, that we must have already developed these baramis. And so we contemplate and seeing into this nature of inconstancy. And as we contemplate steadily, um, then we'll see that we are of the nature to be separated from the things around us, those things that we like and love. It's normal for us to meet with separation from those things. And just like that little girl who contemplated into death, and we should contemplate in the same way, contemplate that we have to be separated from everyone and everything. As we do this, the heart will turn peaceful, and it will be relieved of its inner turmoil. And uh, it's, we'll be able to accept the truth of Sankaras, that they do decay. And just like how 10 years prior to this day, our bodies were much stronger than they are now. We could walk around more easily. And in the next 10 years, we don't know what's going to happen to us. And simply because the nature of this body is to deteriorate. And really, this body is just a place for illness to abide in. Uh, because this is where sickness arises. And this body is just a place for diseases to stay. So when our hearts are imbued with samadhi, then true knowledge can arise. Seeing that sankharas are the place of illness. And just like... Or we can compare it to living in a house that is already very old, that's rotting and falling apart, and we don't know when it's going to break. And it's the same, that the mind depends upon this body, and we don't know when this body is going to fall apart. So the appropriate way to respond is to put effort into this practice. Because we know that if we develop samadhi and if we gain wisdom, then this will lead us out of suffering. Sometimes we experience peace and sometimes not, but we carry on with this training, we don't stop. And so for the monks, needs to go to the morning and evening chanting, need to sit in meditation at the very least two hours a day. And as we're attending to our duties, we should have mindfulness over what we're doing. Uh, because this opportunity we have now is the best opportunity that we have time to practice. For myself, before I ordained, I thought that, well, maybe it's not really necessary to ordain as a monk. I could work just part-time. I could work half the day and then practice for the other half. 
And in that way, I would have the opportunity to meditate. But it's also really difficult to to do that because normally people work full-time and just have days off on Saturday and Sunday. And so the lay people um, who have these hearts of faith and who are able to work and also be generous, make offerings uh, to the monks to support the monastics in every way, and also to meditate as well. Uh, That's something that is really admirable. And I give my Anamodana, I rejoice in the goodness of your lives. Therefore, for the monks who receive these requisites from the lay people, we should contemplate uh, to use them for our own benefits and also for the benefits of those who offer them to us. And therefore, we should really throw our efforts into this practice because the Buddha is right in front of us. So it's appropriate for us to put a lot of effort in, to practice a lot, to cultivate our barami. And one day, these qualities of sila, samadhi, and banya, of virtue, samadhi, and wisdom will gather together and will gain a clear understanding into the Dhamma. And so what about Maga Pala? Is that possible for us? Can we see the Dhamma? Can we really reach Nibbana? Well, this all depends upon us. If we have the effort to seek these things out, then we can get there. So it depends upon our efforts, and we shouldn't throw our efforts out. So the reason that the monks come to ordain, in essence, is to see Nibbāna clearly. And this is the most fundamental work of a monk. So as we're listening to the Dhamma, then we keep our mindfulness with us. When we work, we're aware of what we're doing. We develop this sati constantly. And whether our minds are peaceful or not, we don't worry about that. Just carry on contemplating into the nature of life, seeing it as inconstant, as unstable. And it's especially easy to perceive this in the current day and age with this COVID pandemic uh, spreading all over. And many people are dying due to this. Many people are getting sick because of it. So the nature of um, illness is something that's very clear in this present day. We shouldn't allow this to become a cause for anxiety for us. We accept the truth of it, but also we don't be heedless as well. We keep our bodies strong for the sake of the practice so we can understand the Dhamma. And we contemplate, and contemplate uh, seeing the nature of sankharas as deterioration, contemplating to this body We can do that seeing it as being a collection of four elements, seeing it as being something unattractive, seeing it as being an icha and constant. We train ourselves and all feelings, all emotions that arise within our hearts, we tell ourselves that these things are inconstant, they're not sure. We don't attach to any of them. So just carry on without stopping. And if you do this, then you will understand the Dhamma. So may all of the practitioners who are listening, set your hearts on this.